Hello, beautiful people. I'm very pleased to tell you that my play Tinkerbell opens this weekend at First Stage in Milwaukee. My adaptation of Peter Pan from Tinkerbell's point of view runs April 26th through June 2nd. Tickets and performance information are available at firststage.org. Tinkerbell, April 26th through June 2nd at First Stage, Milwaukee. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Promote You, the marketing and productivity conference for theater makers. In a digital age where people are being cast based on their social media following and shows are transferring to Broadway after trending and building their audience online, it's time you learn from leading experts how to effectively promote yourself and your show. At Promote You, you'll get practical, hands-on advice from leading experts on a range of topics, including creating your branding toolkit, how to use social media to gain loyal fans, creating a website that sells and tells your story, and so much more. Fans of the original cast can use the code ORIGINAL19, all one word, to get your ticket at a $300 discount. For more information, visit theproducersperspective.com slash promote dash you dash conference. Promote you, May 17th at Signature Theater's Alice Griffin Jewel Box Theater. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. After I spoke with Doug Cohen about his love for Sondheim, a musical tribute, he introduced me to Kurt Peterson, who produced Sondheim, a musical tribute, and was in the original Broadway cast of Follies. We had a lovely chat, and I'm very happy to share it with you this week. Enjoy. So I'm here with Kurt Peterson, who is the producer of Sondheim, a musical tribute, That's right. and a performer in the shows. But I will start with the first question. Kurt, why'd you cut your song from the album? <laughs> <laughs> Or did you cut the song, or did someone else cut the song? I think it was Warner Brothers. Uh, and what, <laughs> happened, what happened in our enthusiasm, the, the, uh, the four young people doing um, Love Will See Us Through and You're Gonna Love t- um, Tomorrow, one of us, and I can't remember which one it was, kicked the stage microphone. Oh, no! Yeah, so there was, a real, there was a, just a big thing on it. You oh, know, my I gosh. The microphone, and I guess I just, you know... Um, uh, Chose that one to. You well, know, things have to be cut for time. Things had to be cut on the for LP. Time. So that was well, that's easy. There's a mistake on that one. We'll cut that one. Yeah. But you'd think that the producer could have, you know, you know yeah, you know, came on and said, "Come on, what the hell? What the heck are you doing out there?" <laughs> but a, that was the that was the physical reason. Right. Know? Okay. Yeah. Well, that all right. Well, that makes sense. The uh, so how did you come to to produce this recording? You were in the original cast of Follies. I right. want to say to say to our listeners who don't know, you yeah. were young Ben. I was young Ben. You were young Ben in the original cast of Follies. Yeah. Yeah, and. And Fritz Holt was our stage manager of Follies, mm-hmm. and he and his partner Barry Brown were producing Gypsy uh, during Follies and raising money for Gypsy. So when I was in California with Follies, when we went out to the Schubert, uh, I'd heard that they were having difficulty raising money, and I'd always had a sort of a business sense. Mm-hmm. So I uh, said, do you need some help? And they said, yes. So I raised a quarter of the budget for the Gypsy with Angela in London oh, and wow. New York. Yeah. And my, my school, my alma mater, and uh, which was a tiny, tiny school back then. You know, my class was 13 people. Oh, wow. It was in a little Civil War hospital on 23rd Street and 2nd Avenue. Um, they were in financial trouble. And Joyce Worsley and Philip Burton, who were the heads of the school, uh, heard that I was interested in producing and whatever. And they, so they called me and said, would you, you, know, would you, uh, you know, consider producing a, a, a benefit to uh, help raise some money for the school? 
And at the same time, the school was um, run by Philip Burton, who was Richard Burton's adopted father. And Richard, of course, was a hemophiliac. Mm -hmm. So they had done fundraising together. So, so we had decided that, you know, that we'd try to put together a little something for the Hemophilia Foundation and AMDA. And so I called Hal Prince. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what does this have to do with Sondheim no, musical yeah, junior? Right. <laughs> and Hal, and Hal, said, Hal no, right? said he was, Hal said no. It's <laughs> such a sweet offer and no. I said, okay. And so I went to Joyce and Philip and I said, well, what about Stephen Sondheim? They said, great idea. So I called Steve and, and this is important because my phone call was, well, Steve, um, you know, Andrew's in a little trouble and they wanted me to put together a little thing. So we're, cons we're thinking of like a little luncheon at the plaza and maybe one or two students singing a couple mm -hmm. of new songs. And would you just show up and say thank you and we'll raise some money for the school? She said, fine, let's do that. So, <laughs> as they say, the rest was history. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, I, I, the thing, in, you know, I, I take credit for producing it, but the thing had a life all its own. Stephen was a little bit under the radar at that point. Yeah. Do you know? He, yeah. It was, it was before night music. It right. It was the autumn before night music. And he had, you know, the critics were divided on how, how terrific he right. was and is. Yeah. And um, he'd been neglected by a lot and panned by a lot, too. Um, so, but the theater community knew. knew yeah. They knew. And so we, uh, one of the first things I did was that at that point, Craig Zayden was writing a book on, uh, for Warner Brothers on, on Sondheim, mm. Sondheim and Company. Mm -hmm. So I said, Craig, why don't you join as, um, you know, as, uh, and help me sort of craft it. So, so Craig, who is wonderfully ambitious, always, you know, bless his, his uh, departed soul, um, said, of course. And then his partner, Neil Applebaum, started to put together uh, some ideas for a poster. And, and, and as we talked, we said, you know, well, what about, maybe we can get some, not just students, but let's, let's uh, see if we can get some of the performers who had done Sondheim shows. Mm -hmm. So this thing started to snowball. And I can't remember all the details of it, but in, in sequence, we, any, any performer we asked, including all of the major stars, said yes. And then I said, well, well you know, we need a place for this. And all of a sudden, we, I said, Hal, we, right. we're not going to honor you, but could we use the set of night music? Yeah. And Hal said, yes. I have that, I have that uh, letter from him. So <laughs> all of this. And then, then Craig, of course, as he was writing the book with Warner Brothers, talked to the people at Warner Brothers, and, and, uh, and we, he brought them in. And it was, it was his doing that, that, that brought Warner Brothers in to record it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would have you know, not been recorded. And then we also got a very uh, important uh, public relation uh, group, Gifford Wallace, I think Gifford, Gifford and something. And f as for a tax benefit, they came in and started um, working as a press agent for it. So it mm -hmm. got a lot of high, high profile press. Mm -hmm. and, and it just blossomed and blossomed. And then I said, you know, Craig, we should go down. And then Craig, of course, he'd written a book for it. And it was becoming a murder mystery musical because of the whole Scrabble idea and the whole Sondheim and his puzzle thing. And right. so I said, you know, Greg, I think we better go over to Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went over to Steve's house. Right. <laughs> and uh, Craig presented him with his idea right. for the book musical. And Steve, as, as is in the, in the uh, Warner Brothers promo video, his jaw literally dropped. Because he, you know, last we left him, he was coming to have a cocktail right. at, at the, the plaza. At the plaza. Yeah. <laughs> and so immediately he put on the brakes and said, "There's going to be no book mm -hmm. because uh, because I know how these 
you know how these things people are going to fly in that afternoon right they'll have 15 minutes of rehearsal whatever he said not only are we not going to have a book he said there'll be no benefit unless i get bert shevelov my dear friend to come over and direct mm -hmm. it because mm -hmm. he's the only one who knows how to to put these things together mm -hmm. and thank god for that because yeah. that indeed is what happened uh craig's nose was a little bit out of joint after sure. that and uh so i said okay craig you're not right you're not a writer which was you know, for what, what had brought him on, but you'd be a, an associate producer. And later in a phone call, I, I guess I was a little condescending. I said, you know, Craig, this is one of your first things, and you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> so, so literally, Craig and I had not talked from that afternoon on until his, and, and even, <laughs> not even through his passing. This oh past my! Year. Yeah. Oh. And if you notice in in Sondheim and Company, if you read the chapter on Sondheim, a musical tribute, you won't see my name mentioned. I, you know, Kurt, I did notice that because uh, I read that before I came here, and I was like, that's funny. That's <laughs> an interesting. That's an interesting omission. Huh. So. Okay. It, it was, you know, it was one of those oh, things. Oh, that's unfortunate. It was yeah. unfortunate yeah. because, uh, as, I, as I will continue to say, his contributions were major yeah. in terms of it and in terms of uh, bringing in his partner who did the Scrabble poster, which is right. also legendary now, too. Well, that's what I was telling Doug that my my wife grew up with this album and loves it and calls it the Sondheim Scrabble album, right. which a lot yeah, of people do. I mean, do. it's the one, the one with the Scrabble cover. That's they the one do. I, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and fortunately, there are people around who do remember. Unfortunately, there's... Uh, you know, there's the, the the album, and I have the original uh, tapes too, which I think what I want to do in uh, in uh, in uh, 2000 in in uh, uh, 23 mm -hmm. is do an evening honoring um, Steve with and that evening, mm -hmm. and as many of us who are still around, mm -hmm. and then also play some of the cuts because there are a lot of wonderful names on the Scrabble album, but it, what you don't see are the people who showed up who were not advertised, like right. like Leonard Bernstein, right. and uh, Sheldon Harnick, and Goddard Lieberson, and, and all of these wonderful people who were there that night, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to do something, and I, I'm fortunate enough to have some of those wonderful Van Williams photos of that evening, mm -hmm. and I'd love to do like a multimedia yeah, yeah. and and chat sessions with the people who were there and, yeah. and have some performers from the people who were there too oh that'd be tremendous so that's how it happened you know um uh it fortunately it's it's something that it, it, my relationship with steven with um with follies led to that and with hal mm -hmm. and you know with without that without that um i mean it's just uh I guess I'm trying to say I can't take credit for it. Sure. In, in a way, but it did save Amda, and also um, it um, it uh, it's it it brought a lot of wonderful songs out of Stephen's trunks because those songs were hidden. Yeah. People weren't singing them. Right. You know, whether it was uh, "Take Me to the World" or "I Remember Sky" or "So Many People," mm -hmm. you know, "We're Gonna Be All Right." All of these things are sort of Sondheim standards today. Yeah. But they literally were in his trunk, and Craig and I just went through. You know, I was going. So, how did the song selection work? Well, we we uh, we went through. Stephen gave us access to all of these old songs. We mm -hmm. went through, and I fell in love with them. I was able to choose um, Marty Rolf and Vicki Mallory to sing the the two from um, Evening Primrose. Yeah. And then Stephen, you know, had some suggestions in terms of things like "We're Gonna Be All Right" with Larry Guitard and, and Terry Ralston. Yeah. And, and some of those things, um, but. But Stephen was very hands-on in mm -hmm. terms of uh, you know uh, choosing some of the performers and the people who would sing certain songs and things. And so was it a case of performer and then choosing the song that would be good for them? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and uh, and there's some stories about you know we we originally asked Carol Lawrence and and yeah. uh, she wanted a little bit too much in terms of hotels. She wanted her stylist, didn't she? Yeah, Something that's like what that, that's what Craig's right? book says. So yeah, that's what. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then uh, Phil Silvers was uh, ill. He was very ill. At that yeah, point. I can't remember what happened with Zero, but you know Zero was so volatile anyway. But I do right. I do remember what happened with Ethel, which is basically she was pleased as punch to be doing it. And then I got a call near the end, and you know, the phone jumping off the hook with Ethel Merman calling, Mr. Peterson, Mr. Peterson. And I said, I want you to get my name off that New York Times ad. I said, well, why, Mr. Merman? Well, because they're throwing a party for me in Florida, and I won't be there. No. <laughs> so, so, so there's a whole sort of run-through of, oh, of, of man. calls from, uh, from um, Ethel Merman. Sure. And, and we had the, you know, I mean, we had the theater from Hal. We had that beautiful night music set. Yeah. We brought in these beautiful gilded chairs, had a... Had a, there was a black uh, a black grand piano I remember that was there and Bert wanted a beautiful brown one to go with the set mm-hmm. before there's a set and I said well, Bert and I, I don't know if we really can afford the movie. Bert says I've come over here I'm staying at the Bubba Hotel and no one's paid for my airfare Bubba he listed all yeah, these right. things I said hold okay, on Bert right. I'm calling I'll the find piano you right. I'll find you a brown piano <laughs> and Jack Mann did the sound who was the sound person for. Uh, Night music mm. it was wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. They, you know, back then we didn't use uh, body mics. Right. It was all the PZMs and everything, but it was wonderful sound. Yeah. It was beautiful. Well, the recording sound. sounds recording gorgeous. Recording. I mean, really, for a live recording, yeah. it's it, it sounds really, really, yeah. really clean and, yeah. and very yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Craig and I had another little little tiff because he he remastered it for the CD. Oh, okay. And uh, we did the liner notes, making him a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> He sounded a little uh, bit more like the producer than <laughs> what he was, and so I had, and I, at that point, you know, after the son had the the, uh, the company book, I was just yeah, my right. Defenses were up, and I said I called Stephen. I said I said Stephen, yeah. could you take a look at those liner notes? That's not how it happened. Right. He said you're right, Kurt. And so mm-hmm. Stephen intervened and had the liner notes rewritten. For oh, me. and your name's still on the cover, I believe. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, inside you'll note inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> All but, right. but 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 yeah. yeah, but the text is accurate. Yeah, the text is accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Anyway, that's so sad how those things they happen all the time. And <laughs> they you know, do. It's, they it's do. unfortunate. You know that uh, you know giving Craig, uh, Craig credit for uh, uh, his contributions to the tribute. I also give him credit. You know, we have these nemesis in our lives. Yeah. That sort of when they are successful, they lead us forward. So every yeah. time Craig had a success, whether it was with whatever, the movie of Chicago and movie, you know, mm-hmm. it was t- totally ambitious. It always uh, made me get out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. and, and continue with my projects. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's a good way to think of it. That's a good motivating factor. On yeah. That. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful recording. And so whose idea was it to have Stephen Sondheim sing Anyone Can Whistle at the piano at the end? Um, or how did that come into, into being? I can't say, I can't say with any um, certainty you know, people have always said that that's sort of Stephen's autobiographical song, which right. he totally denies. Right. Um, it certainly was one of the songs that we looked at early on mm-hmm. and, and wanted to include. So I can't, I don't know. No, I really remember. It's a really, it's my wife's favorite Mo- recording of that song, is him singing it. It's a piano. wonderful yeah. moment. And if you, if you, uh, and what I will do when I have the evening is play the, uh, the introduction up to it. And it was one of the most oh, okay. moving moments in my life. I, uh, I sat most of the time, most of the, most of the uh, tribute, I sat on the back steps of the Schubert with Steve, mm-hmm. which, and watching it unfold, right. um, which was one of the most important and, and moving and wonderful events yeah. in my life. 
but then also was when Steve just before he sang uh, um, uh, anyone can whistle uh, gave uh, Gemignani and Tunic and me a personal thank you mm. as the producer of the evening and you know at, at that point I was just well, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life is yeah. be a creative producer in that way so um, yeah so I'm not sure who Who's it idea? was a wonderful moment. It is a uh, it's a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous <laughs> moment, and it is, I believe, the first Sondheim evening that was that was done. Because as you say, it, it's hard to rem- for people my age and and even a little bit older to realize there was a period of time where Stephen Sondheim wasn't was Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. I mean, it was the first benefit of that kind that was ever done. Oh, okay. The first one where they used uh, existing stars and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's I'm giving you know, it's given credit for um, taking the the sort of the benefit tribute kind of evening to a different level. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Lonnie uh, Price, yeah. you know, he, he did a wonderful thank you when he did the one that was recorded at uh, at, uh, at the Philharmonic and stuff, mm-hmm. and said he always said the Scrabble album was the one that did it. So, I <laughs> I always like to hear it, and I always like to hear that people remember. I hear there was stuff on social media about it about the anniversary this year. Yeah, some some nice things too, and and um, yeah, so yeah, it's it, a beloved it's, thing. You should I'm, be very proud. I'm, I'm glad totally you are because it is I'm a totally yeah, and the pictures in the in the lobby of the room are tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Of the yeah, there's so many. Yeah. I mean, luminary, yeah. luminous yeah. evening. I would be remiss if I did not ask you though, since you are here, uh, about a couple of or one or two questions, if you will, about follies. Because hmm. uh, my listeners will absolutely yeah yell at me to pieces if I had an original cast member of Follies in my in my presence and didn't ask. Um, I didn't prepare anything, but I would <laughs> I would say that I, I said to Doug before you were in that it, it is a show that. Um, Maybe I'll ask you about this. The, the cast album itself, which is heavily edited famously mm-hmm. and uh, incomplete, right. um, is what was the experience around that? Do you have any... It was rushed. Yeah. It was rushed, you know, and... Uh, and it was Dick uh, Jones over at Capitol, right, producing that's, that. Yeah. That's right. It was, you know, that was a very, it was a, a big disappointment for, mm-hmm. for all involved because it was rushed mm-hmm. um, um, and, and didn't have the kind of the preparation and also I mean it was it was so highly edited as well yeah but it was a great experience I mean it came out okay mm-hmm. you know um, unfortunately uh, Vicky was Vicky Mallory was ill that day and so her recording was not even on the original time when it came out she'd been added recently to oh. it in the remix but she wasn't even included really the, the, oh, wow. the one more kiss I believe yeah if I'm correct. right yes that was yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that was recorded at some, as I understand it, at Sondheim's insistence, and then edited out of the final LP right. for right. time, right. and then put back in on the yeah. CD. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's it's a show that was maybe the perspective you can give that I think I would be most interested in is now considered a classic. I mean, Follies mm-hmm. is a, a, mm-hmm. a seminal moment in music theater, but at the time, it was a very. Am I correct in assuming from what I researched? It was a very the rece- It was received very mixed. There mm-hmm. was a very totally. mixed reception. Totally yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, people who were passionate about it, people who really saw it as being a pivotal turning point in terms of musical theater in in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who thought it was just, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, uh, I'm not sure it was Barnes or it was Kerr, but who said, uh, uh, was it Tap Tap? Uh, something about the nostalgia mongers are at it again. Oh yeah, to know that one review. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so those those are so painful, you know. Yeah, painful. But uh, yeah, totally, totally mixed. And uh, you know, fortunately, um, uh, there was enough uh, critical acclaim on one side, including Frank Rich, right, um, 
and you know some of the other people that. Uh, but you know, as Hal, Hal, who I sat with recently, I just chatted about everything. He said he would always be upset if a certain amount of people didn't walk out of one of their shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shows you're trying, right? You're doing something different that That's people right. maybe they haven't did seen it with before. That story. Certainly. People, oh yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, certainly did with company, and then again with follies too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally mixed. Yeah. A uh, controversial. Yes, it, it seemed, which is so funny to think of now. I mean, someone who only knows it as yeah, follies, as, you know, yeah. as, as with that saying that exactly. it was a, right. there was a time when it was, mm-hmm. yeah, you say controversial. I mean, it was one act, if I'm correctly remembering. Most of the time, time. Yeah, we, Most they the tried time. an intermission at one point. They do? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is you know, very, yeah. <laughs> very controversial for yeah. the average theater goer at the time. Yeah. Um, but what was it like working with two directors? On that show, which oh, it was was often gets forgotten, that Michael Bennett and Hal Prince co-directed right, that right. show. It was fine because they, you know, there's a little, you know, Michael wanted the show to go in a certain direction, sure. and whatever. But you know, Hal was the producer as well as the right. director, so so he won. But uh, but their contributions were, uh, they were just so wonderful, and they they did. They, we never we never sensed that there was any um, anything going on that there was any disagreement. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just an incredible amount of focused work. Mm-hmm. And the, the work ethic of both of those, and and um, and the fact that Michael was a choreographer because the show was such a visual, you know, it was such a, a almost a movie kind of thing sure. with, the, with the ghosts and everything on stage. And if uh, Hal hadn't didn't have Michael to take over in those, and and also help stage some of the scenes that were important to be incorporated into the movement of mm-hmm. the ghosts and that kind of thing. Um, so there was never any, you know, and they, they, you know, you were either with Michael or with Hal, or sometimes you were with both of mm-hmm. them. So there was nothing that uh, you didn't feel divided, or, or that you had to have an allegiance to one, or that, that there was any. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was always smooth. That's really great to hear because they're obviously two very strong personalities, and yeah. you can easily see it yeah. being contentious between, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, Hal Prince being Hal Prince, Michael Bennett being kind of on the rise mm-hmm. on his way to, I mean, it was about five years from Chorus Line, but still that's where he's. Right. going right well they had an awful lot of work to do yeah you know so there, was a huge there wasn't show. time not to fuddle around or, or argue or whatever you know? well that's I mean, good because even they, when there isn't time people sometimes find time <laughs> right, <laughs> right right yeah, I mean Michael had his, his work cut out for him with that prologue that was endlessly revised yeah whatever, you know and the and the older people and the younger people and, and you know every you talk about you know actors and personalities and and you know i mean it's wonderful i'm doing a show uh, i'm creating a show now that i just tried out in georgia called proud ladies mm. and it's um, proud ladies close encounters with and lessons learned from 23 of the most exciting women in the theater and mm. beginning with alba merman and these are all personal relationships of in my, in talking about them in ways that both the public and theater fans don't know these stories or know their personalities from this point of view. Mm-hmm. But three of four of the um, of the ladies that I pick are, are, um, are of course, uh, Alexis Smith, mm-hmm. um, Ethel Chate, Yvonne DeCarlo, and my favorite, which is Dorothy Collins. Mm-hmm. I, I have a whole folly section on these on these ladies and on their personalities and, yeah. and stories from the show. And... Um, uh, just putting it together, you know, there's, of course, a lot of Follies music in, and it just brings it all back to me, brings yeah. it all back to me. So I'm hoping to bring that into New York next year, and, and it'll be a, a wonderful homage to some ladies who are not with us anymore, but right. also also current ones who are, Patti LuPone, Kelly mm. O'Hara, Laura Benanti, uh, uh, Rebecca Luker, all of these people mm. that have, uh, have had uh, Donna McKechnie, 
Betty Buckley work and sometimes personal relationships with. So it's it's a glance back, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, as as will the uh, if when I come in and put something together for the tribute thing, I can think that can be special. I think the tribute can be a special sort of thing. Uh, yeah. When I, I do the fiftieth fiftieth. Yes. If we're all here, I know, right? And you must come. I would love to. <laughs> Thank you for. I will hold you to that. Yeah. I would absolutely love to come. Yeah. 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 I it's it's a. It's really remarkable. I mean, to have you do that follies obviously, and then this this production in two years of each other is such a if sea change in if your I career. Done follies, my career would have gone a completely different direction. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd be a producer still. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that was a fluke. I was the last one cast in follies. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, maybe there's a uh, standby who's cast after me, but. You know, uh, the oh yeah, I've read in um, John in, Cullum was supposed to be Ben, right? And there was a, a different young John Cullum, right? And then very late, uh, John McMartin took it over, so they needed a young John. Young McMartin. John, that's right. Yeah. I, I believe in um, that wonderful book about the production of Follies that Ted's, everything was possible. Ted's, yeah, yeah. yes, book. that I remember reading. I quickly read your sections before, yeah. I came, and yes, I remember you, oh. the, the section on your audition is simply you walked in, sang a song, walked out, and everyone great, everyone went good. That, okay, that, great. That was it. Yeah. Changed my life. <laughs> I just, That's how that happens. I'd come in it? from yeah. a party. I was just sort of like, whoa, whoa, whoa okay, I'm saying a song, and my I walked out, and my toothbrush fell out of my pocket. Right. That's in the. <laughs> and then, and they said, "We'll see you in rehearsals." So like, oh. I said, "Well, this is easy." Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I can do this. Let me just jump into this landmark music. Right. <laughs> I have to ask, Rufus, what is the costume you're wearing in? Um, Lovell see is through, and uh, you're gonna love tomorrow. Oh, it's sailor. It was mine was a sailor. Okay, sailor. Okay. And Harvey was an army. Was ar- oh okay. That's it was it the is. war years. It was the war. Yes. Yeah, okay. Was, All was right. The war years. I told Doug that, uh, that uh, so he'll back me up that if there was any original Broadway cast of any show, I'd love to be able to see from mm. history. It would be mm-hmm. the original production of Follies. Yeah. Uh, not only because, like you say, Dorothy Collins and Alexis Smith, and just I mean the the powerhouse of talent. Yeah. But also because the show. Even was you know they re, James Goldman worked on the book afterwards. There's several different versions of it that have been produced. That it's it seems to be unlike a lot of shows that that version was very unique to. I mean, it was at the Winter Garden mm-hmm. and then it was gone and everything else after that has been based on it. But it's not exactly like that production no, was. No, yeah. and I think Ted Ted pointed out that that the the unique uh, Horace Aronson set with those different levels yeah. coming in like that has never been able to be. Replicated. replicated. Well, he was and, and I used mean, in that way. Yeah, because it was so it was so integral to Michael's choreography, and, mm-hmm. and Hal's direction, and and the thing, the set. So so you know you you take that away, and and uh, I mean there's just moments and moments. I keep saying saying the moment when um, uh, Justine Johnson sang, started singing uh, "One More Kiss," she was sort of in a you know down sort of the downstage position, and, and Vicky could come above her mm-hmm. on the different level. And be right behind her as her ghost, and mm-hmm. that happened over and over and over again. Yeah, and they had the option. To, it was wasn't easy to do. No, yeah. I cannot you imagine know? it That's was. Why we had to rehearse out in the set uh, design. We had to rehearse out in Queens, where they were building the set. Oh, really? Okay. Uh huh. The last couple of weeks of rehearsal, we actually went so they could do the winches and all the electronics on the set to make them move because mm-hmm. we were staged that way. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah they Boris Aronson. They put us in the bus. Yeah, they put us in the buses. No. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, we Big glamorous Broadway life. You're I know, on a bus I to know, Queens. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kurt. It was so lovely yeah. for you to give me this well, time and, and, and talk else to you about the tribute. I mean, I 
I mean, not that I can can yeah. think of. Is there anything else that you'd like to share um, about it? No, just um, you know, everyone go out and buy the CD. Yes, it's, go yeah, buy it's it. Still available. It's two. It's a two album CD with some nice photos. And then let's uh, make sure know, that just, 50th anniversary happens. Folks. Yeah, buy yeah. The thing. So just yeah. just keep keep tuned. Because what I would love, so everybody go out and buy it, and then at the 50th, you can release all of the tapes for sale on MP3. Because who cares about? album length at that point and we can just listen to the whole thing that'd be wonderful but you've all got to go buy it now i've already bought it twice so you have to go buy it again <laughs> and watch for proud ladies yes year. and watch for proud ladies lots that's of, okay can people find you uh how people find you online to keep track of what you're, you're uh, doing? well uh jameswilliamproductions.com mm -hmm. that's my actually my legal name is james william peterson oh wow. i had to change it for equity uh -huh. so yes. uh, in honor of my mother i've named my production company jameswilliamproductions.com mm -hmm. which is presently down Oh, as I'm, okay. Actually, I was in the other room trying to fix it. So it'll, okay. it'll be up. It'll yes. be up but this, probably by the time. That's yes, absolutely. It'll be up. <laughs> okay. I won't put this out till it's up. Let's, ah, let's make that perfect. thing. I'll keep checking Thank on you, it to Patrick. make sure it's great. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much it was lovely interview. to talk okay. to you. Thank you. Okay. You're gonna love tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be with me. Mm -hmm. You're gonna love tomorrow. I'm giving you my personal guarantee. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Kurt Peterson for taking the time to talk to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Well,